Welcome to another edition of the Untold Patriot Stories podcast with Scott Prusak and Dave Usher, where you'll hear stories told by the players and media members. Hello, Patriots fans from across the globe. Uh, we've got a real special guest tonight, uh, Otis, my man, Smith a member of the 2001 World Championship Patriots team. And we're going to talk about uh, a little bit about his life and his career and some of the obstacles he's overcome and uh, what he's doing now. So let me introduce you to my co-host, Scott Prusak. Take it from here, Scott. All right. Well, thanks for joining us tonight, Otis. It's great seeing you again and uh, talking to you. So I appreciate you guys having me on. No, definitely. You're uh, you're one of, the, one of the important ones. So we definitely got to ha- have you on the show. So... <laughs> We start out usually by, so who who in your career, um, both, you know, professionally and, you know, family, who inspired you and who helped get you on track to start, to start the journey on your professional career? Well, actually, you know, my, my grandfather, one, you know, he worked two jobs for close to 50, year, 50 years to support his family and you know, and then my mom worked for a long time, and plus she had me at a young age, and she had, you know, four of the kids behind me. I'm the oldest of five, and uh, but those two people were were the ones that inspired me to to make something of my life, and you know, and you know, so I can move forward. Okay, professionally, who do you th- who do you even if it was a I guess maybe even a high school coach or a college college coach who made an early impression on you. In, in your actually career. tv uh watching you know professional sports on tv and then where i lived uh in in metairie louisiana which actually down the street from the sanks facility so i used to see a lot of the sanks players you know passing through my neighborhood and uh in the early late 70s early 80s so and you know i got a chance to talk to some of those guys and uh but just watching it on tv was you know was my main character and helping me uh you know build my football career you know because like i told my mom i was watching i don't know it was a long time ago i can't remember the game but i told her that you know i was going to play on tv one day and you know thank god it, it did work out for me that way nice so that's a dream that you you know as a kid we we talk about some of the uh, inspirations that you have and some of the, you know, the dreams that you have and you share with your family when you're nine, 12, 15 years old. I mean, were you playing multiple sports then? Were you on the track team, basketball team, football, baseball? What, what did you do in high school? Played football, basketball, ran track and played baseball, um, all, you know, all in high school. Baseball and track was a little tough because they kind of, you know, run neck and, you know, both seasons are going on at the same time. So, but I did, uh, was able to play track, I mean, run track and play baseball in my senior year, but mostly it was, it was basketball and football. Okay. And then how did you end up, ended up in in Missouri? How did that whole process, did they recruit you? Or is that something that uh, you aspired to go to college or who were the inspirations of, and how did that happen to get to Missouri? Well, actually I went to Southern University first in New Orleans uh, on a basketball scholarship. and that program really wasn't working out for for me that well. I didn't see where the program was, you know, producing and, you know, getting guys opportunity to play on the next level. And so I, I 
left that school and went to a junior college out in uh, California called Taft Junior College. Actually, I'm the Hall of Famer there. Oh, and, congratulations. Uh, cool. Yeah. Thank you. And, um, you know, then I got a scholarship to University of Missouri to play a couple of years of football there. And then, you know, uh, didn't get drafted. You know, uh, we didn't play very well at Mizzou at that time. And uh, so I didn't get drafted with those, you know, into the NFL. So I went in as an I mean, undrafted free agent. And that was with the Eagles. So how did that, that all come to Eagles, play? Yes. Were there other teams that were interested in you as well? I think Denver Broncos was, and uh, I think San Diego. I'm not exactly sure, but I know Denver was one of the teams, um, um, and it was San Diego at the time. So, you know, it was not very many teams that was interested in a lot of guys coming out of Missouri for whatever reason at that time. Um, and so, but I got an opportunity with Philadelphia, and, you know, hopefully I made the best of it. So now, I mean, you got to play with a couple of the best. Well, the, well, one of the great one one is probably the greatest, and then there's probably a a one A. How did you end up um, getting on Bill Parcells' radar? Because you 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 ended up eventually being one of his favorite guys that you kind of followed around everywhere. So how did you get? How did you meet Bill? And how did that all happen? Well, I had got released from the Jets. I was on the Jets in '96, and for whatever reason, midseason they just decided to go in a different direction. And at the same time, one of the defensive backs uh, had gotten hurt in New England. So they brought me in for a workout. I worked out with, uh, you know, uh, well, Belichick was the DB coach at the time. And I worked out with those guys. And, you know, they kind of liked what they saw. And it just kind of took off from there. So right around then, uh, you know, we we hear about do your job with Lawyer Malloy and Ty Law and Brewski and, you know, from, you know, talking to Tommy Curran and reading a little about Tommy Curran, uh, one of the beat reporters of the Patriots, he says, you're one of the smartest guys and you actually were one of the guys that really helped Ty Law learn about how to really play the game. Is, is that uh, you got some Ty Law stories of how you helped develop uh, him and now he's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Well, you know, Ty was young and, uh, you know, when I went over there to the Patriots and you know, you can tell that, you know, he had a, 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 a talent about himself that just needed to be be developed a little more. And so what I started doing with Ty is, you know, getting him to come and work out during the off seasons. He was such a talent, you know, at that time. And he was young. So he felt like, you know, he really didn't have to work out that hard. And I told him the harder he worked out, the better he would be. And, you know, and but the thing about Ty, he was always willing to learn more, even though I could see he had more talent than I did. Um, uh, but, you know, I said, you know, you start to develop your talent and, you know, and with a little luck at times, you know, because he did catch some lucky interceptions. Now. <laughs> <laughs> and I tell him that all the time. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but you know, he's a phenomenal player and he's a quick study. And, you know, and he, you know, he wanted to be one of the best to ever play the game. So, you know, I was just giving him some of some of my points and 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 things that I could see that he could improve upon. And, you know, and he worked at it and and, and, and see where he is now. He's a you know, NFL Hall of Famer and you know, he's a great person. He's he's phenomenal to be around. He's easy to coach. Um and you know, it's it's things that, uh, you know, a guy that you always want to have on your team. And, you know, he was one of those guys, Ty is like a little brother to me. And, you know, and I just, 
you know, happy he was able to succeed the way he did. Nice. So, so Belichick was a defensive coach, and you actually come came back uh, later in your career to be a kind of a minority defensive back coach for the Patriots too. Is that something that Belichick noticed? Is that how how much you were a teacher and how much uh, you could share your wisdom with with some of the players? Well, you know, I know he noticed that, you know, I, I talked to the guys a lot, you know, and uh, aside from just having our, our normal meetings, we would have uh, just players only meetings where I would run those meetings as if I was a coach, you know, because like uh, like Ty was young, Lawyer was young, Tabucky Jones was young, um, you know, a few of those other guys was young and I was I was a senior in that room. So I just used my little knowledge that I had at the time, you know, to try to help as many of those guys as I possibly can. And if that was giving them the extra coaching, giving them the extra film study or the extra chalkboard work, you know, and I was able to do that. And, you know, whether Bill uh, noticed it or not, you know, it wasn't something that I was trying to get him to notice. Um, and he never said anything to me. Um, but how I got into the minority program, you know, I just went through the protocols and I called Bill and asked him if I can come in and do it. And he said, OK, that was fine. Um, and I was able to do it, you know, not just during camp, but throughout the season. And then it just kind of uh, took off from there. So you, so it's funny you say, you know, you're you're the senior guy in the room. So we actually asked Antoine this last night. How 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 does it when you're watching football now? And you see Tom Brady out there still playing, knowing that you played in the Super Bowl thirty six with them. How, how does it? What are you thinking when you're seeing that? Can you believe that you know a guy that you you played with in two thousand one still out there throwing the ball around? Well, Tom is a you know he was a quick study you know and um, he evolved with the times of football you know and and not very many of us can you know do that and sustain the way he has and you know I hope he can get two or three more years and personally. Um, but, you know, like I said, he was a quick study, you know, when after Drew got hurt and, you know, he came in and he stepped in, you know, and he kind of changed the dynamics of what we were doing at that time. Because if you notice, Drew, was a, you know, he was a bomb thrower, you know, with the big arm and, you know, trying to get the ball deep down the field. And it kind of changed the structure of our offense when, when they inserted Tom in after Drew got hurt. Um, and, you know, and it worked for him and it's still working for him today. So when was when was the time that you walked away from a practice or a game? Like when was the first time that you you felt that like you were seeing something great? I was seeing. I was seeing. I was I was kind of seeing it a little bit in in, in practice because he was a scout team quarterback. You know, you could see the competitiveness in him, um, and you know, and he always talked about you know getting his opportunity. And when he got his opportunity, you know, he looked back, you know, he didn't look back and he made the most of it. And I think he's still making the most of it because of where he got drafted. And I think is a fire in him that, you know, he is still burning and, you know, and he's proven to people not only he did it when he was young, he's doing it as he's has been aged a little bit. Yeah. So let's let's talk about one of your first big play with the Patriots. So the play in the AFC championship game at home. Uh, in the the game versus Jacksonville, you took that back for a touchdown. Do you remember that play? What kind of how, how you made that play? What led up to you making that? <laughs> that was on Dwayne South. I, I I was just happened to be in the right place at the right time. Dwayne uh, created the fumble, and I was there in in position to scoop and score. Uh, I just had to beat one guy, and that was the quarterback, Mark Brunel. 
Um, and then once I got past him, you know, the rest is, you know, what they would call history. But, you know, I will put a, give Dwayne a big credit on that because he's the one that jarred the ball loose. Yeah. So you had a game in uh, 2001 against Carolina where you uh, returned a uh, pass interception for a touchdown, but then it got called back for a holding penalty on your return. And then later in the game, you had a 78-yard touchdown return and you, you know, duped uh, Chris Winkie a little bit about the 10-yard line, gave him a little high step and uh, ran it in for a touchdown. But, you you know, if it wasn't for the holding, you would have had two interceptions for uh, a touchdown in the same game. Uh, share those experiences. And Ty Law had an interception in that game, too, against Carolina in 2001. Well, you know, like, it was just, you know, we knew what they were doing in, in certain situations and know where the ball was going. And, you know, and, you know, uh, Bill made the calls and, you know, we just executed the plays and, you know, and Winky threw it. I, I, it was the first time I, I can understand he didn't see it. But the second time when he threw it, I was like, oh, my gosh, he's throwing it again. And, it, well, it was, <laughs> you know, I think that was one of their go-to plays, particularly on third down. And, uh, right. you know, they was trying to get it, but we were just sitting there waiting on it. And it was just one of those things that just, you know, fell in my lap. But, you know, I had – you know, I, play, I had two interceptions for touchdowns against Chicago before, and and I think uh, Tampa at the time, or when Tony Dungy and, them, and those guys were there. So, um, you know, but that game against Carolina, you know, I I don't know what they were thinking, you know, uh, because we were just sitting there waiting on balls. The only guy that they really had that could get deep was Steve Smith. On right. uh, that's what we believed in the secondary, and you know if. You know, we can slow him down a little bit, then, you know, we can, you know, we can win that game. And, you know, and I, you know, we just, it was a team effort from a coaching standpoint down to, you know, us executing plays out on the field. Scott, we got a couple of questions on uh, Facebook. Uh, why don't you ask uh, one of them here? All right. So Michael Lind asked, um, what was your most memorable play? And his was the 2001 week three. Tom Brady's first start, the pick six that you had off Peyton Manning. But for you, what was the most memorable play for you? Well, that was one of them, you know, because, you know, Peyton is, you know, he's one of the best to ever play this game. And, uh, you know, and that was good. But I was tired after that run, though. <laughs> um, 78 yards, yeah. Yeah, but not just 78 yards. I had to go. I went all the way across the field. I don't know what I was doing, but I was trying to but you know that was a great play, and you know, and you know, and of course the interception in the Super Dome in the Super Bowl, right? You know, I, you know, I love that that interception as well. Uh, I thought I could have scored, but I, you know, I I didn't get that far. So, well, you set up a key field goal in that game, so that's just as important, right? Yeah, I should have kept my feet. Then we wouldn't have to go through that. You know yeah, I mean? you made it oh. more memorable. <laughs> So, yeah, Tommy Curran listed the top 50 uh, players under the Belichick era, and he listed you 48, and he listed you because of that one play against Torrey Holt, uh, how you were so physical and, you know, and, and you used your your ability to kind of jam him and then get that 30-yard interception as, as his key play in your career. Uh, I mean, talk about your physicality as a, as a uh, defensive back and how much that played into, uh, you know, them you guys beating up the Rams in that game. Well, you know, going down the stretch of my career, I was a lot older. So, um, you know, a lot older than Torrey and, you know, and those guys, with, you know, and that, that team they had at the Rams, which was a phenomenal team. Um, 
you know, and, you know, I just, it's not, I just used what I had at that time. And for me to be a little more physical with those guys, you know, played a key in, in me being out there and actually playing in the game. Because like I said, I wasn't as fast as I once was when I was younger. So I was slowing down. So I was kind of using, you know, different tactics to try to help me stay, you know, competitive. All right, Scott, did you get another one? Like, uh, I guess this guy, Mike uh, Spaninato, asked, uh, which team did you enjoy playing for, the 96 team or the 2001 team? Well, what team do you think was better in your eyes? (laughs) Both teams got to the Super Bowl. So, uh, you you know, unfortunately for us, you know, we – we didn't win in 96 and uh, we came back, you know, five years later, you know, and got the victory that we were seeking in 96. Um, but, you know, both games were, in my opinion, was, you know, pretty competitive for a while there. And, you know, one, I just came up on the short end of the stick, but, you know, um, but I really enjoyed both those games and, you know, and plus both those games was in my hometown of New Orleans. Oh, nice. So, I, I we we've talked about this a couple of times on the podcast, and so I was I was a fan for a long time. I had season tickets uh, back at back when you guys went and played uh, played Green Bay and and all that. So I mean, one of the things that I've always said is that when you look at the Patriots, all the success that they had, um, you know, I think everybody equates it to Belichick and Brady and all that. But I, I, the foundation was laid when they hired Parcells, um, and, and I. You know, I think he should be in the Hall of Fame. There's there's underlying reasons why he's not. Uh, but how do, how do you feel about that? I mean, did you you were with both you were with both teams? So how did did you see the? I guess the question I would ask is, did you see the foundation being built with Parcells, and then Belichick kind of took it to another level? Because it's I think that the whole shift started when they hired Parcells, and then Bledsoe was here. Well, Parcells laid down the foundation, but Bill Parcells and Bill Belichick foundation, you know, goes dates back to when they were at the Giants together. And, you know, so they they both had a formula that, you know, that they went by and, uh, you know, and just so happened, you know, Bill got the job in New England, meaning Parcells first. And, uh, but, you know, at the same time, Bill Belichick was in Cleveland, I believe. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, he brought, you know, when Bill got fired from Cleveland, uh, you know, it, you know, those guys rejoined and, you know, and they put together a good program, whereas, you know, Parcells really trusted and knowing Bill, Bill Belichick and what he could bring to the table. And uh, so they put it together and, you know, and I don't I wouldn't put it all on Parcells, but I think Belichick and the rest of the coaching staff, along with the scouting department, had a lot to do with it. So b- back when that all happened, I, I, I don't know if you remember, but um, in, in the media, uh, it was it was a big thing because, you know, supposedly uh, uh, Parcells didn't go back with you guys. And supposedly, you know, he was on the plane calling the Jets. Do, do you think that had any that with their, with all that stuff swirling around when you guys were playing in the Super Bowl? Do you do you think that any of that affected the outcome of the game or do you think it really had nothing to do with it? Well, from my perspective, it had nothing to do with my play, um, you know, because, first of all, I I didn't know a whole lot about what's going on because I'm not in those meetings. I'm not privy to those phone calls um, and who was doing what and because I didn't care about those things. My my job was to go out there and try and help us win that football game. And uh, anything aside from that, you know, 
you know, didn't bother me. Didn't I didn't care about it at all. I was just trying to win the game and play as best I can. Um, and unfortunately for us, we came out on the short end of that stick. Well, you're in the 2001 team. Uh, you know, Bledsoe goes down and Brady uh, takes over, and uh, you guys go on a little bit of a run, and you know, you lose to the Rams and have a real competitive game. And what was the mindset of the team as you guys started progressing throughout the year and uh, pick, picking up a lot of key victories and, and leading into the playoffs? You know, after that game, you know, and sitting down and talking with, you know, couple of my teammates, Ty Law, Lawyer Malloy, and, you know, we figured, well, if that's the best in the league, you know, we can play with the best in the league. You know, we just had to do it on a more consistent basis. But after that game, I think that catapulted us until knowing that we can play with the best of them and, and not only play with them, but also beat them. Um, and, you know, we went on a, on a terror there where we went and had a good stretch of wins in a row. And, uh, you know, like I said, the the rest is history. And, you know, then as we started winning games, we, we figured that we would see those guys again, meaning the Rams. And uh, before, if we did get an opportunity to see them again, we just had to be prepared to play because those guys were a, a good bunch of football players on one team. I don't know how they got so many players on that one team, but they did. <laughs> he, 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 you know, and I think uh, there was a lot of guys – um, I know Antoine was talking about it last night. Like you guys were a group that was like a lot of free agents and, you know, people that I think Belichick was um, was comfortable with. I mean, you guys, you know, Pfeiffer and, you know, all those guys, you, you kind of brought a, a, a talented group of guys together that I think kind of some, some other teams kind of rode off a little bit and you guys ended up turning, turning into having, you know, having obviously winning the Super Bowl. So. Yeah, well, with the, the the guys that we brought in, it was a great group of guys, you know, uh, coming in, you know, uh, Pfeiffer, uh, I think uh, Vrabel had come over from Pittsburgh, and, um, you know, he, they put together a great group of guys. I think they still owe us some money after that because they paid us pretty cheap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they sure did. So what do you remember about the tuck rule game? I mean, we were one. Yeah, I understand rule. that. <laughs> well. Well, you know, that was a highly competitive game. You know, uh, you know, it was a call really I didn't understand at the time, you know, because that that was my first time seeing that happen. But, you know, fortunate for us, it, you know, it, it you know, if the call fell in our favor and uh, you know, I still hear about that from Raider fans or some of the Raiders <laughs> players that I would see every now and again, you know, uh, but it is what it is. The rules are the rules. You know, yep. you can't change it. You know, just like when you, you know, people say our quarterback or, or Tom Brady always complaining to the referee. But like he said, you know, he don't make the calls. So, right. you know, you just got to live with what the calls are, good or bad, and, you know, just move on. Did you feel like after that call got overturned, did you got, did you feel like that you you guys were meant to win the Super Bowl? It was kind of, it was kind of fade after that? I don't I wouldn't necessarily say we was going to win that game because we had a tough team to go out there and play. Right. You know, that had beat us early in the year. So we we still had a lot of work cut out for us, you know, to try and prepare ourselves, you know, and get the proper rest, eat right all week, you know, make sure we stayed hydrated because we were playing inside in the dome, you know, all week. And uh, and then coming from a cold place like New England 
and then going playing in a warm dome, it it's, it's it makes a big difference. And uh, but unfortunately, we we was able to get out there a week early, and uh, but we we practice outside at at Tulane, so um, you know the humidity helped a little bit. You know down this down south humidity, but you know it's one of those things where we just had to make sure we were prepared to play because nothing was given to us. But did you have family there? I mean, it's back in your home state and stuff. What was it like to, you know, see Venetary kick that field goal with four seconds left and uh, to be Super Bowl champs? What was what was yeah, going on? My, my entire family is in New Orleans and uh, cost me a lot of money to get them in that Super Bowl. <laughs> your phone must have been ringing off the hook that week, right? It was crazy. Um, but, you know, it was to, to see, you know, to – Adam is was you know of course I think Adam is you know going to the Hall of Fame myself but you know after he mm-hmm. kicked that field goal in the snow that was a breeze in the Superdome. That's so, true. Um, you know because that was a I think the tougher field goal for him was when he kicked it versus the Raiders in that Tuck Rule game uh, in the snow and that, that that was a difficult kick and and he put it through the uprights and you know and just. You know, a few uh, the next game he had to go back out and do the same thing. You know, just like he always say, "I'm just doing my job," and uh, his job was to put it through the uprights, and he did a phenomenal job, phenomenal job of it. You know, for for twenty something years, I believe. Yep, and then so, some. Yeah. We always like to ask because obviously none of us have ever experienced it. But so your first Super Bowl and even the second Super Bowl, what's that feeling when you're out there and all the you know the the light the light bulbs start going off and you see that that sea of of flashes and all that stuff. What's that feeling like? Especially, I think maybe probably the first time you saw it. What was that first initial? You know, when you when you're when you're on the field and you're experiencing all that live. Oh, you know, I really, you know, that experience didn't really bother me so much, or I wasn't I wasn't in awe of it. You know, I was just focused on the job of, at hand. You know, because that in that first Super Bowl versus Green Bay, you know. They had a they had a good team over there too. They had a good running game, you know, a great quarterback, you know, three or uh, two great receivers and a tight end. Um, you know, and, you know, you couldn't take those guys for granted. So, you know, looking at the flashing lights, that was that was the least of my worries. My worries yeah. was those guys that was in green. Yeah. So now you're into uh sports performance, you're into sports performance training. I mean, um is that something that you're dealing with all different kind of athletes and all different sports or you've been doing this for some time now, I guess, right? No, well, I, you know, I started out doing that when I retired, um, but I, I don't do that anymore. I'm more into my, you know, uh, my real estate stuff. And, you know, like I got a few properties here, New, here in DC area, um, New Jersey and New Orleans. So I'm more focused on doing that stuff than than anything else now. You know, I don't I don't really train anymore. You know, my nephews, I got two nephews actually playing in in a state championship down in New Orleans uh, this upcoming weekend. And, you know, so I get to spend some time with them a little bit and train those guys. But, you know, to go out and say I train a whole bunch of different guys, I don't do that anymore. Yeah. So. What what about you think you're done with coaching now too? Because I know you did some stuff what in the XFL and and a couple other teams. You think you're done with coaching, or is that something? You well, might I go tried back to get to? it back in the XFL, but they changed their format, and um, you know they brought in a, a lot of new diff- a lot of different head coaches um, that you know had their staff. But I did try to get back in there in the XFL, but that didn't work out so much. 
So I'm not really, you know, really pushed to, you know, get back into football like that. Okay. You know, because like what I'm doing right now, um, I'm pretty happy with it. And, uh, you know, just, to, you know, just moving on in life, you know, I think football has, you know, it's, it's kind of, I don't want to chase the game, you know, because you can spend a lot of time chasing the game and can't catch it. <laughs> yep. What are some of the obstacles that you had to overcome to have such a long career? Well, uh, competition is the biggest obstacle, uh, you know, and, you know, and especially as I aged, uh, you know, and, you know, just making sure that I, you know, stayed as healthy as I possibly could, you know, that they, the injury started mounting up the older I got. Um, and, you know, and I think that was, that was my, downfall and not getting the 15th year in because you know I tore my hamstring up and uh in the I, I just did that was my time to go and I knew it was my time to go especially when I started uh watching guys like Asante Samuels when he came in and the other guy uh the Patriots had drafted Eugene Wilson out of Illinois um so when I started looking at those guys I knew my time was coming to an end okay you have a story about Bill Belichick of what you learned from him and some of the things you might have that passed on to uh, other people uh, uh, that you might share with our audience about uh, what kind of coach he was and what kind of mentor he was in your life. Well, Bill is, you know, the thing I would I, I took away from Bill is is to pay attention to the details, no matter what you're doing in life. Um, if you pay attention to the details, then you can understand the dynamics of of the structure of of what's going on. And not only that, but do your job first. And I know, you know, that's the big thing, the big saying around Patriots, just do your job. Um, but doing your job is sometimes is just not enough if you don't pay attention to the to the intricate details the, uh, of of what's going on defensively, offensively, and special teams. And you know, not just knowing my job, I got to do my job first, but I got to know, you know, what the defensive line is doing that, you know, and right. especially in situational football. And so, and I started to learn that and paying attention to that and, you know, going in and, you know, and asking Bill questions about, you know, certain things and certain situations and stuff like that. And he helped out. He was always willing to sit down and talk about, you know, cause it, football is his thing and he loves it. And, yeah. uh, and so he never hesitated to share his knowledge of, of, you know, football play and how to make, you know, his team better and us better as individuals. You know, he's a phenomenal guy. I think I was talking to Roman one time and I, I think I, I think I can remember the story, but we were, he was, um he was a uh, scout. He was with Detroit. I think now he's with Houston. I think, I think he, uh, he went to, Oh no, Denver. I'm sorry. He's in Denver now scouting. And we were talking, we were having dinner and he's, you know, we we're talking about how Belichick would scout somebody. He says, you know, the funny thing is, he goes, it was Belichick and I guess his dad too, is that, you know, you would think if you were, if you were scouting a player and you were watching tape, you would focus just in on that, that player and watch what they were doing. He said, but they didn't do that. They watched everything else going on around that player to see how that affected how he was playing. And I thought that was pretty interesting because if you if you think about scouting somebody, you know, you think you would zero in on that person, but there's actually like a whole like you you just said about you know the details. The details is what's going on around a player because a player could make a play that was more 
about everybody else around him than than him. Does that make sense? Well, yeah. Well, just just let's go back to the 2001 Super Bowl, the Ty Law interception return for a touchdown. Now, who actually made that play was Mike Vrabel. Right. You know, because if Vrabel not in position, you know, I don't think Warner throws the ball, would throw the ball like he threw it. Um, because I think going towards the sideline, Bruce had a, a slight step on Ty. He may have knocked the ball down, but the ball went directly to Ty. So I think Vrabel is, is just as accountable for that play as Ty was. Yep. So, you know, just like my play in the uh, championship game against Jacksonville, somebody else made the play. I was just in position to, you know, scoop and score, just like Ty Law intercepted and scored. Right. You know, but, you know, like Ty always give Vrabel his credit for, you know, you know, putting pressure on Warner and making him throw a bad ball. Well, right. a good ball for Ty. Yeah, exactly. Well, Lloyd Malloy was involved in your interception in the Super Bowl, too. So he was he forced Kurt Warner to throw the ball a little earlier than he wanted to. And you picked it off. So, yeah, uh, you know, so it it all works hand in hand and the details of, you know, you know, and we always looked at it. Look, if we can hold up the back end and give our guys an extra second or so to get to the quarterback or to put pressure on the quarterback, um, that that will bode better for us as a defense. And likewise, if they can put the pressure up and make him get rid of the ball faster, you know, right. that that makes it work for us on the back end. So, in essence, what we try to do is is win the down early. If you know what I mean, um, you know, so if I'm beating, I'm winning at the, if I'm in the press position, I'm winning at the line of scrimmage, uh, you know, and got whomever the receiver is dancing at the line of scrimmage and trying to get off. That's the better, for, that's better for me defensively because, you know, they is screwing up their timing. And I right. think we did a great job of that in that Super Bowl and, you know, and screwing up those guys timing, you know, for the majority of the game. Now they made some good plays on that other side of the ball. Don't get me wrong. But I think we made our share of them too. Absolutely, and we appreciate that too very much. You, yep, you got huge fans out here that, that really love all the players, and that's one of the things Scott is doing is bringing a lot of these players back to share these memories. I mean, when we when we post this, we're going to get a lot of feedback from uh, fans that just love what you brought us uh, for that first Super Bowl. So, uh, thanks very much for doing that. Oh, yeah. thank you guys, man, for putting this out there, and uh, you know, and you know, like Ty Law like to say, well, we was the start of it all. And um, and I do think we were the start of it all because it was hard. And, uh, you know, we laid the foundation and, you know, and then guys came behind us, you know, and they've yep. been doing a phenomenal job ever since, uh, you know, and being competitive every game and uh, for years and years and years. And not only winning that one Super Bowl, but win winning, what, five more behind that? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's not an easy task. But you guys are always going to be the special team that, I mean, you were the first. So, yeah, we might have won six, but you were the one, the first one that started it all. So, like Bob said, we, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, really appreciate that, especially, you know, people that were fans and had to suffer through all the other stuff. You know, um, uh, you know, I look at it, we were the first, you know, somebody had to be the first. So, we were the first <laughs> to start it off. But, you know, I look at all those Super Bowls that they won behind that equally because, you know, they had their challenges in those years, you yeah. know, and, uh, and trying to win all those games, even the almost undefeated season. Um, yep. You know, you know those games weren't easy to win. You know, they may have made look make some of them may have looked that way, but 
you know, trust me, those guys put in their work, you know, because they were paying attention to the details. You know, they had a great quarterback, you know, that know how to pass to get the ball from, you know, person to person, position to position. And, you know, and, you know, and not only that, they put together some good defenses and, and special team plays. Yeah. Well, do you have any comments? I just want to, we're going to wrap up in a second. Do you have any comments about Teddy Bruschi? What kind of leader he was? And, you know, Bill Bellick said, you know, he was like the, the ultimate uh, defensive guy. I mean, him and Willie McGinnis, uh, you know, two guys that we uh, follow in the media now, but uh, they were leaders in the clubhouse, as well as you mentioned, Ty and uh, Lloyd Malloy. Talk a little bit about Teddy Bruschi, if you could. Well, Brewski, you know, he was Brewski is is like that that brother you have. Um, you know, he's 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 a winner in anything that he's try that he does, whether it's playing football, whether we playing dominoes or whatever we're doing in the locker room, you know, you can hear Brewski over there, you know, he wants he's competitive and you know, he's very, very smart and you know, and he likes to get out and you know and and lead a group, but he's a great leader i'm surprised he's not a coach because he's a great leader of men and you know love brewski to death love willie to death you know those those guys are phenomenal and you know they they not only look out for themselves but they look out for other people and brewski is at the top of that list hmm. well, right, why don't you close it out scott i mean we got a good show here so let's yeah. uh well, Otis, it was great talking to you and seeing you for the first time in a while and uh thank you for spending some time with us tonight Looking forward to seeing you in April when we get a bunch of the guys up here, like like I, I had told you about before. So I'm looking forward to a couple of months from now having you come up and uh, wish you the best of luck and everything. Good luck at that championship game this coming weekend. Thank and, you. Uh, yeah, and, and again, thank well, you for coming on. It was great to have you on. You no, know, hopefully I'll come out of my little cubby hole every now and then. <laughs> all, all right. It was great talking to you, buddy. Take care. Oh, pleasure. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Go Pats. Always. Thanks for listening to Untold Patriot Stories with Scott Prusak and Dave Usher. Please follow us on whatever platform you download your podcasts and be sure to tell your friends.